Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Yes, we are back. Fear not, you thought we'd gone away forever. No, just on the very eve of SummerSlam, here we are. We're back on the Hooked On podcast. I'm Rob McNichol, and joining me, as ever, is my friend and my colleague, Mr. Paul Benson. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very well, Rob. Thank you. Long time no beak. Oh, it is. Listen, everyone, you would not believe what we've gone through trying to get this podcast out. There has been the last three or four weeks now you may know you should know if you've been listening to the podcast that we had uh, a great week um, with Bruce Pritchard doing our thing around the country on the, the Bruce Pritchard tour we might talk a bit about that later in the podcast or perhaps in the podcast time after we got SummerSlam out of the way um, but that was fantastic and after that we all had our own things to do Paul had a holiday I had some work to do in, in a foreign country and we all had our business uh, escapades here on here and there it took ages for it to get together and when we did get together about four or five days ago the recording failed. It's the first time, actually, in the history of the Hooked On podcast that we've had those kind of uh, recording issues. So we feel it was almost like we were destined to not speak um, until now. Um, and very, very nice, actually, that I got a few tweets saying, you know, where have you guys gone? And, you know, are you packing in? Did you just do it up until the Pritchard show? But no, here we are. And we are just in time for the hottest night of the summer, Paul. Well, they say that, but we have not done a SummerSlam party since our very first SummerSlam party where it didn't piss it down with rain. So <laughs> I'm taking that slogan non-literally uh, and hopefully I'll be proved wrong. Indeed, but uh, we are, we do not um, care about um, climactic incident. We care about what's going on uh, on our pay-per-view screens. And it is SummerSlam this coming Sunday. And obviously here at Hooked on Wrestling, we are not doing one party. We're not doing two. Paul, how many parties are we doing on Sunday? We are doing, Rob, 11 events up and down. Insane. Yeah. Bonkers insanity. It is. It is. It's, it's incredible. Like, you know, we are, we are expanding every time we go out and do one of these things. And the reason we do I am. The reason we expand, yeah. <laughs> you and me both. But the reason we're expanding yeah. is because every time we put one on, the next day I'm getting calls from two or three bars to say, hey, can you come and do a party with us? Can you come to this city? Most of them I have to say no. But now and again, an opportunity comes along where the geography works. We've got someone trustworthy in that city that we can rely on. It's a good venue, and we go, yeah. So whenever the opportunity arises, we grow and grow and grow. And here we are, 11 different towns and cities. Incredible. Right. Indeed. So, right, let's get the plugging, not out of the way, because it's, it's important, but let's get the plugging all done right at the top of the show, because everyone, uh, hopefully you're looking forward to SummerSlam. Hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll be looking forward to it slightly more, because me and Paul both really genuinely excited about the show so we're going to in there in due course have a little chat about some of the matches that we're most looking forward to we might have a little chat about the NXT show on Saturday night as well and just really really sort of pump ourselves up for SummerSlam but in the meantime you need to know that if you are 
um, in England and Wales, then there is going to be uh, a summer slam party somewhere not all that far from you. Uh, in fact, in certain parts of the country, you're uh, you're over blessed, I think. But um, we are going to go through all of the different parties just now and tell you where you can go. So, Paul, do you have those eleven either committed to memory or, more sensibly, on a nice little screen in front of you? I was going to say, it's, remember the time when I used to be able to roll these off from memory? Yeah, because we used to say London, Leeds, and Birmingham or something like that. And it used to be like three, and it was a doddle. Even I could do that. Yeah, no, not anymore, mate. Um, let me let me start from the top. So we are. Excuse me, it's going to be a bit of a long-winded one. Um, London. First of all, just hit just hits with the hits with the cities and towns okay, first. Right, right. So we are in London, Manchester, Leeds, Cardiff, Liverpool, Birmingham, Nottingham, Derby, Bournemouth, Sheffield, and Reading. Fantastic. So there's your eleven different venues, guys. Um, in London, which is our flagship um, show, we are moving. We're actually moving our venue. Um, we are no longer able to be in the uh, the old Walkabout Temple where we used to be uh, on the banks of the uh, the River Thames. There is our favourite venue. Um, but unfortunately, um, it is no longer the Walkabout Sports Bar. I believe it is some sort of salsa bar. I'm not quite sure if that's the uh, the dancing or the dip that you have with your nachos. But uh, it doesn't matter. We're not there anymore. But we have the coolest new home, don't we, Paul? Oh, we do. You know, as we've spoken about privately before, when Walkabout told us they were closing the doors, it was like the love of your life telling telling you she was moving out. I was devastated because I I thought no matter what we did, we could get a really nice venue apart from that, but there's no way we could find somewhere as good. But thankfully, I was proved wrong. Um, and the minute I announced publicly we were closing uh, our London party, I was... Again, a wash with other bars offering their venue for us. One of which was the Grand at Clapham, Clapham Junction, which is a phenomenal old theatre building um, dating back to the 1910s. And it is absolutely perfectly set up for what we want. We've got the gigantic screen with a big stage. Um, we've got private balconies. We've got tiered seating, two big bars. And what you guys are going to really dig is that unlike walkabout everyone gets a seat of some description hey everybody that's even you rob that is the best news genuinely there's been times where it's got me and paul don't argue very often actually you'd be surprised how we work together and we're good mates but you would think we would argue but actually our little bickering on the podcast tends to be about as bad as it gets we actually had a full-blown argument earlier on in the year where i basically said i have to have a seat i threw a complete hitty fit because i was sick of hosting for five hours and then not being able to sit down and watch wrestlemania um so uh, yeah i exaggerate a little bit but uh i demanded that i be able to sit down for wrestlemania uh, but no, everyone gets to sit down. That genuinely is good news because I know people that come along to our shows and, you know, it is a long night. I know for most people you're able to stand around for a few hours, but if you rock up at eight o'clock and the, the pay-per-view doesn't finish until about half past four in the morning, that's a, that's a long old time to be uh, sit on your feet, especially when uh, you're beginning to get uh, gradually intoxicated from the feet up. Um, but uh, yes, it's a, it's a cracking venue. When we announced it, as Paul says, when we announced that we were no longer going to be at Walkabout, uh, I was actually in Holland. I was working in Holland, and I was <laughs> I worked for a football club. I worked for Plymouth Argyle Football Club, and I happened to be on the training ground uh, doing some filming. I do the media stuff, and I was doing some filming and uh, sending some. And he said vines then that doesn't exist anymore. We're doing some Instagram videos and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, and I was getting all these emails from Paul saying, "Oh, we've had an offer from so and so to come, you know, to go to that bar." And we went, "Oh, that's not too great." And then another one saying, "Oh, we got this one. Oh, that's an opportunity." And then it was uh, the Clapham Grand Wanters. So we went, 
Yes! <laughs> it was, uh, we were almost... I think we got one more after that, which we went, oh, that's quite interesting. If, if we hadn't have had the Clapham one, we actually did have a bit of a, a cool backup as well. But I think we both knew, didn't we, once that came in? Because the guys at the Clapham Grand have run a couple of WrestleMania parties or pay-per-view parties anyway thus far. And the worrying thing, from our point of view, is we've heard about them, and it's apparently it's been quite good. And we don't want that competition. But the very, the very cool thing is that they came to us and said, why don't you move in? So it's like the opposite of the uh, the Vince and Shane taking over at the, in the, on the eve of WrestleMania, you know the old invasion. They actually are, they are welcoming us uh, to take over WCW, as it were. So um, we couldn't be happier. But it's not all about London. We don't want to just focus completely on London. That's where me and Paul will be. It's where I will be hosting. Uh, but we have some uh, very cool hosts all over the country. Um, just a couple that I want to bring up, spring to my mind. Doug Williams in his hometown. Uh, of Reading, um, Doug will be hosting there. Uh, the beautiful SoCal Val, who we've had on the podcast recently, she's up in Liverpool. Uh, Joanna Rose, who is um, the, the uh, announcer for Evolve, she's in Birmingham. Um, so we have, to, and that's not to mention uh, some of our more established hosts as well. I certainly don't want to do them down because they do a, a really brilliant job all over the country, Paul. Well, yeah, they do. We've got um, we've got some brilliant guys who've been with us from very early on. We've got Danny Hope in Manchester. We've got Ben Brown in Leeds. Um, we've got um, Richard Richard Young. Say that again. Richard Young. Uh, yep, Youngy himself is back to Nottingham. We've got um, we've got Cardiff is going to be hosted once again by uh, Gilligan, um, and then we've also got I'm quite excited about Derby. Was oh yes, to be Mark Haskins. Have you seen what I put about this? Have I told you about this? Yes, I, I, I saw all about it only a, only a day or so ago. Well, we got Mark Haskins had to pull out unfortunately because of his commitments to Ring of Honor. Wishing the best in that, um, but we're absolutely fantastically pleased to say. We've got Saxon Huxley, or Saxon Huxley, sorry, from WWE's UK Championship Tournament um, as his replacement. We are delighted. Muscle Cat will be a host for our first party in Derby. Yeah, you'll have seen him on the uh, the UK tournament from Blackpool, and he was uh, he was a hit on that. So it's uh, another good get for Hooked on Wrestling, and it's really cool to be having them. Um, um, these kind of people associated with us. Um, I should say that uh, Jimmy Havoc will be with us in London as well, doing a little bit uh, alongside me in London. Um, so there's um, plenty. Every, listen, no one gets to host one of our gigs uh, unless they are certainly between me and Paul approved and venue approved and by lots of other people as well. We will only have people that uh, we think are worthy of you. In fact, genuinely, guys, we have not run parties in certain uh, town, cities, venues because we haven't got the right people to host it. That doesn't mean that we don't have anyone to host it, but we don't have the right people to host it because it is important um, that people understand how Hooked On works. So we have the Hooked On quiz, and we have the famous fancy dress competition. Um, we always say fancy dress is encouraged, it is not uh, essential, but we would love to see you come along uh, in your wrestling uh, cosplay, as they say these days. Um, a lot of people tend to go with the um, wear a wrestling shirt and jeans combo. That's absolutely cool if you want to come along and watch it as if you were going to a live show. Some people go the whole hog and dress as Henry Godwin. And some people go the whole hog in another sense and dress as whoever their favourite wrestler that is. Listen, phenomenal outfit, that, wouldn't the, it? be a good one, wouldn't it? But listen, the standard, guys, is getting it's continually really, really high. And actually, here's the thing. We've seen the Hogans and we've seen the DXs and we've seen the Canes and we've seen, you know, some of the uh, some of the regulation ones. So often, I think it was uh, I think it was the Rumble this year. We were down to our last two and it was the Miz and Sabu. I think maybe it had been Mania. Um, so we've had some slightly different takes on some wrestlers as well. And part of it is to come and do a promo and uh, 
feel the character and that that kind of thing and pull some uh, some prizes on offer for for those kind of things yeah absolutely um we have got you know anybody who comes along and impresses us we're going with pretty standard prizes this time out if you come along and you win either the quiz or the fancy dress costume you're gonna sorry the cosplay costume contest you are going to be getting some free tickets for our Royal Rumble parties. If you do well in the costume contest, we'll chuck some beer and food into that package as well. Um, so we want to encourage you guys to really go for it. And it's just fun as well. And the other thing to mention, Rob, uh, to everybody else, is that we've uh, been we're really pleased that we're hooking up with WWE Home Video UK um, for these events. And those guys are going to be uh, giving out goodie bags to the first 25 people um, who turn up. Uh, so each party, the doors open at 7.30 this time. First 25 people that turn up are going to get given SummerSlam goodie bags with, amongst other things, a few little bits and bobs, but also a DVD or a Blu-ray of a past SummerSlam event. Uh, wow. Yeah, so they're going to... So And then in London, actually, it's not 25, it's because there's so many people going to be in London, we've actually gone with the first 50. So altogether, the guys at WE Home Video... Um, are going to be giving us 300 DVDs to give away to you guys, which is phenomenal. Just another thing we can do for you to say thank you for coming and joining us. And, and with those as well, and anybody else who doesn't get those, you'll be able to pick up leaflets and flyers on the night, where if you want it, you'll be able to get a, a discount code to pre-order um, SummerSlam 2017 on DVD from uh, wvdvd.co.uk. That's pretty cool as well. So yes, more and more, um, more and more people want to work with us. That's the nice thing. Um, we're getting people like WWE wanting to do stuff with us. Um, so it's all good for the uh, the hooked on wrestling brand. And listen, we did talk about the um, the Bruce Pritchard tour briefly. I want to thank everyone uh, that's listening that came out to one of our shows. We were in Dublin, we were in Birmingham, we were in Manchester, and we were in London. We had four fantastic days with Bruce, um, who was an incredible professional. Brilliant fun to be around. I've said this before, but some of the best night, best moments of the tour were, you know, in the restaurant at midnight after the show when we were having a beer and something to eat and and whatever. Bruce was was kind of constantly on, but not necessarily trying to impress. But he's just like that. He's just a funny guy, and we enjoyed spending time with him. And he was extremely humble too. He didn't act the star or anything like that. Um, so uh, it was a really excellent four days, and we we were blown away by the support we got from um, from you guys and. Uh, Paul was kind of thrown by people coming up to him and saying, are you the guy from the podcast? And um, it was nice that there's, there's people that obviously listen to this and that uh, that come to our Hooked on Wrestling parties and, and also came to Bruce as well. So, And hopefully, maybe some of you are listening to this podcast for the first time because you came to Bruce and you hadn't been a, a Hooked on guy before, but now you are. So welcome. And if you don't know about the parties, well, you've just been hearing about it for the last 15 minutes or so. Um, what we'll say to anyone that's coming, thinking of coming along, and it's very basic... Um, essence you could come along not long before the show starts and watch a pretty cool wrestling show in the company of anything from a few dozen to a couple of hundred to several hundred people um, depending on what the venue you're in Um, and you can have a beer and you can watch it with some like-minded people and you can sing and you can chant and you can just generally have a good time that's the that's the first thing about it but you can come earlier in the night and you can join in the quiz and you can join in the fancy dress and you can have a few more beers and you can just make it into a really cool evening. One of the nicest things, we always say this about Hooked on Wrestling, is that we know people that have come to our parties uh, alone uh, and they have left with friends and they have come back time and time again with other people, with groups of people, and they have made friends and they are people that they then associate with in real life, if you, if you like, but they have made friends via Hooked on Wrestling 
and via the pay-per-view. So um, it really is that kind of atmosphere. If you're thinking about it just coming on your own, hey, you can come alone and sit in the corner and just enjoy the atmosphere. But more than likely, you'll end up chatting to someone about the matches and you'll make some buddies. So it's, um, it's a great atmosphere. That's what people come and stay for. And everything else is a bit of an adornment as far as the, the quiz and the fancy dress and drinks offers and all that kind of thing goes. So... Um, we will shut up about it now, and we'll go. We'll go on to talking about the uh, the show itself. But just before we do, Paul will tell you um, if you want to um, purchase in advance uh, where you can get your tickets from. Yep, you've got um, three places where you can get your tickets from, guys. Um, you can go to Belletto.co.uk. That's b i double l e double t o Belletto.co.uk. You can go to our website, um, HookedOnEvents.co.uk. While you're there, you can read our SummerSlam preview articles if you so wish. Um, but what we would recommend you to actually do is go to ringsideworld.co.uk because anybody who purchased a ticket through Ringside World for this party, um, with the exception of those at Bournemouth and Cardiff, unfortunately, but anybody else, when you arrive, you're going to get given a free shot just for purchasing um, your ticket at Ringside World. So thanks to the guys at Ringside World for supporting that. Um, so that would be, if it was me, that's where I'd be buying my ticket. Yes, we would. All, we often encourage you to go through... Um... Uh, hookedonevents.co.uk because it's uh, we make, make us we make an effort so slightly more money that way but um, but yeah definitely um, Ringside World it, it makes absolute sense because you're going to get and Ringside World have been really good um, partners with us as well we want to also say they've uh, been with us a long time and, and supported these events and uh, they do a, um, a really good job on social media of advertising and that kind of thing so thank you to them as being for being uh, really good partners and uh, yeah they're helping us to um, to give you something a little bit extra as well so like Paul says um, free shots for uh, 9 out of the 11 venues if you can uh, book with Ringside World. Right, Paul, let's talk about the show itself. Um, SummerSlam, um, we often talk about as being, it's, it's the highlight of the summer in terms of the, the, the wrestling calendar. Um, it's, it's, it's a sort of standalone, I think it was initially meant to be like the second WrestleMania. So you've got one in the, in the, the, the spring and one in the late summer to kind of see out the year. But obviously the Royal Rumble is a lot of people's favourite event because of the uh, the unique nature of it. It builds into WrestleMania. So that's kind of got its own season and SummerSlam kind of sits alone. But I would argue that SummerSlam over the last few years might be one of the most consistently quality shows that WWE have had over the last few years. Would you agree? I think there's absolutely something to be said about that. And I think it speaks volumes about what WWE is and what sort of, what sort of they offer their fans nowadays. You know, traditionally, obviously... WrestleMania was, you know, like the the one that we all look forward to. It was the biggest matches. It was often crowning a new up and comer as a as a true main eventer and a champion. It was kind of the culmination of the year, um, and usually the best card. I'd say that as good as WrestleMania is nowadays, it's a very very different beast, and it's kind of been overtaken by the razzmatazz, the part timers that I know some people don't particularly care for, and it's all about. Um, putting on a showcase for the wider world like going to WrestleMania I'm WrestleMania on now you know you might have known in your wider workplace in your wider social circle people talk about WrestleMania it's an event it's a cultural event like it wasn't 10 years ago it, it really is now and kind of it's like I say we still enjoy it but it's kind of been hijacked it's not that pure as a wrestling show anywhere whereas SummerSlam I feel has kind of taken that place it's become almost the WrestleMania for the, for the WWE purists um, and as a as a consequence, you tend to get some pretty damn big matches and some and some really really strong um, matches as as they unfold in front of us. So yeah, there's an argument to be said that SummerSlam could well be the strongest card of the year this year, um, and often the case in the past as well. 
certainly for consistency. I mean, I love the hell out of WrestleMania this year, but um, I think the Rumble has had some iffy years over the last little while. There's certainly been one or two WrestleManias in the last five, which have been, you know, nothing necessarily to write home about. Um, but so, what's that? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. Well, oh, yes, the one that you were at, sir. Um, the one that you went all the way to America for and it was crap and then you came back and then this year you were back in England and it was brilliant um, but there you go that's just the way it goes uh, not, not, not that I revel in your uh, misfortune or anything like that <laughs> oh dear, I'm, just, I'm laughing at something unrelated um, but uh, Summer Sam just, it just seems to have been um, you know year on year funny enough that the matches that are springing to my mind are each involving John Cena but I think of John Cena versus Daniel Bryan we were in Belushi's then when we were uh, that was on for SummerSlam uh, and John Cena versus AJ Styles last year and it just feels like there's big things happen at SummerSlam and good solid matches and uh, just before we went on air um, something that hadn't really struck me as the build up had been going but it struck me looking at the uh, uh, the the wonderful site which is Wikipedia which is what I'm using just to uh, run down the matches because it's easier just to have them in front of my screen I've got 12 matches down on Wikipedia two of which are going to be on the pre-show but we'll include that in the uh, uh, in the dirty dozen here but it goes like this singles match tag team match fatal fatal four way single 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 singles tag one of them's got Enzo in a shark cage one of them's got a special guest ref but apart from that we're gimmick free Paul now the fatal four way will essentially I think turn into a, a street fight hardcore match falls count anywhere I don't know what you might but that's bound to be a you know anything goes kind of thing but generally speaking this is gimmick free so no stupid ambulance matches and no stupid cage matches with dopey rules and I mean I kind of like two out of three four matches but not even anything like that we are straightforward here match 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 with a little bit here and there I think you know Shane being the special ref is a is a bit of a, something to throw in, but it still should be just a wrestling match up until that point. Are you in um, in sync with me? Are you simpatico with me in that you would rather have a nice pure show with uh, as few gimmicks as possible? I would rather have a show this pure than something stuffed with pointless gimmicks. Absolutely, it, I would. I, I like a bit of flavour. And I like to see a gimmick match here and there, but um, I, let's put it this way: I'd rather have what we've got than uh, have to sit in front of the Punjabi prison match. Well, yeah, the Punjabi prison is a bit something a bit different, but I often think there are there are. If you look at this card, we'll go through in a, in a minute. I will literally just read the card out. So if you if you're not totally familiar with it yet, um, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Um, we're not going to go through every match match by match because we'll be here all night, but. Um, when you, in fact, let's do it now. Let's do it now, just very quickly. This is the order in which it is on uh, on Wiki. Um, um, Akira Tozawa versus Neville um, uh, is for the uh, Cruiserweight title. Uh, is meant to be on the pre-show, as is uh, New Day versus the Usos, right? And then you've got um, Lesnar, Reigns, Joe and Strowman for the Universal title. You've got Naomi versus Natalia for the SmackDown Women's title. Alexa versus Sasha for the Raw Women's title. Jinder versus Nakamura for the WWE Championship from SmackDown. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens for the US title. Randy Orton versus Rusev. Big Show versus Big Cass. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. John Cena versus Baron Corbin. And Cesaro and Sheamus versus Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. There are. How many people on that card would you say they're not a very good wrestler? And I, I don't mean pick them out individually and go through them because that's not fair. But I'm saying. Maybe the worst wrestlers on that card are, you know, maybe you can say that Show and Cass might be a bit slow. Everyone can have their opinions about people like Corbin or Strowman. But I would say that 
even the ones that are not the best quote unquote wrestlers have got characters that are kind of over so I'm, I'm looking at that whole card thinking there's no duds here there's no people we're trying to carry. There's no terrible wrestlers being put into stuff. Like I say, some some people are sitting there going, "Oh, Jinder Mahal's awful. Oh, Big Show, another Big Show match." But I don't think they're so terribly bad that you go, "Oh my God, I've got to watch those." And even where there might be one person you might think of that, so you might think that of Baron Corbin, or you might think that of Jinder Mahal. But they're working with people like J- um, John Cena and Shinsuke Nakamura, yeah. and so. The, the quality of individual forget um, the booking or anything like that the quality of individual talent on that show is very very high yeah you're absolutely right and I'm going through you know as anybody who follows on Facebook might have seen I'm going through day by day and, and putting up these individual match previews for the 12 match card and I'm six matches into it and I feel like a bit of a broken record because every match I've gone look this is going to be very good you've got you know, like you say, at least one guy and one carryable guy in each match. Um, the stakes behind everything. There's a reason for all these matches happening, and I think we're going to see some really, really good matches. If I'm nitpicking, you've already mentioned the one that's going to be the dud. It's Big Show and Cass, and that's not because of Big Show. Um, it's because Big Cass is, is is genuinely not very good. Um, you know, Blandy McBland face, but if that is one five minute match on a 12 match card then sign me up absolutely and they've tended to get those kind of matches right in recent years when they've done stuff like Big Show versus Mark Henry or or something like that they've decided okay beat the shit out of each other for four minutes and that's the match and we won't try and do anything clever with it we'll just go for your in fact you can argue that Roman Reigns and Broad Strowman did a a version of that I mean I've already said how little I like you know an ambulance match or a stretcher match or whatever they particularly called it this time um, but they gave you a balls out brawl all over the arena it was a bit longer than you know a four minute you know effort but you know these are two guys that if you just have they're the kind of guys if you do just have a one on one in the ring sometimes you need to have something to just augment it and so although I hate that stipulation they did at least go out and do give you something different that was a spectacle um, even if it had a you know ridiculous finish um, but I'm saying to everyone else if I look at um, Balor and Wyatt and I look at Orton and Rusev and I look at um, Alexa and Sasha and Naomi and Natalia and all these kind of matches I'm happier watching these people wrestle I think they're quality I think they're talented enough or at least one person in the match is talented enough to take the other one to a really good wrestling match and to let cages and ladders and tables and ambulances and you know various other things get in the way to me um, I'm very, very happy with the fact that it's just quite pure. I mean, I've asked you that once before, so I won't ask you it again. Um, is there a match in particular that um, is the one for you? If I could say to you, I'm going to lock you in a room uh, for most of Sunday night. Um, so once we've done all the Lutron Wrestling stuff, you have to go away and you have to count the money and you have to you know, do nothing. I'm only going to let you out for one match. What are you coming out for? I don't even need to think about this for a second. It's the four-way. Okay. Um, as, you well, as you well know... I am an absolute mark for, for very talented big men. Um, by the way, I don't include Big Cass in that uh, description whatsoever. Um, but I um, I think these guys have been, you know, all four of them in this match are excellent at what they bring to the table. Absolutely great examples of what they want to be as wrestlers. They achieve it. Um, you've got the balls-out monster in Braun. You've got the slightly cocky 
powerhouse um, Roman Reigns you've got the destroyer Samoa Joe and then you've got Brock Lesnar who is Brock Lesnar and we all know everything about him I th- and, and subtly these guys have all been sort of interacting with each other over the past few months couple that with ob- the obvious success of Roman uh, sorry um, Samoa Joe against uh, Bron- uh, Brock Lesnar last month um, and I think WWE realise they've got a monster fest on their hands in a good way and I think just seeing these four go at it for 15 minutes just beating the living shit out of each other is going to be incredibly entertaining full of intensity in the ring and I think the crowd in Brooklyn are going to be so fully behind it I think it's going to be a real spectacle even cooler I think is that this is so up in the air in terms of who wins Definitely. because this is you know sometimes the last pay-per-view um the build-up to Samoa Joe, the last Raw pay-per-view, the last, the build-up between Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar was way better than I would have imagined it was going to be. It was really good. The match itself, I enjoyed that as well. But it was, and, and they gave Joe a bit more than I thought they might. But it still wasn't really in doubt that, that Brock Lesnar was going to win. Lesnar's not going to drop the pay-per-view at Great Balls of Fire, you know, on a, on a B even C pay-per-view. Um, but we have some things to throw into the mix here. We have. Brock Lesnar allegedly looking at being interested in going back to the UFC. We have some suggestions that he might be going back into the the testing pool, which Paul was telling me about the other day, which I didn't really understand, but it basically suggests that he may be doing some things which would make him eligible in the future. Um, I'm not going to start casting aspersions over uh, UFC's integrity, although I think I could, Um, but when someone even I've heard of, I'm not an MMA guy at all, but even I've heard of John Bones Jones, and I saw him stand in the middle of the octagon the other week and call out Brock Lesnar, wrestling style, by the way, to win one match and then immediately call out your next opponent. So is that already booked? Is, is Jones versus Lesnar definitely going to happen? Yeah. If so, how cool would it be if Brock Lesnar was the WWE champion going into a UFC fight? stranger things have happened Vince might be able to work some sort of deal where he can do both imagine Brock Lesnar walking to a UFC ring with a WWE belt I am sorry to quash that image Rob but I can guarantee you triple times over that won't happen and the reason why well a very simple reason is that Brock Lesnar when he comes face to face with John Jones is going to get crushed um, and there's no doubt there's no absolutely no doubt about that whatsoever and there's no way Vince McMahon would sanction a fight where there was a 99.9% chance that the, his champion is going to be beaten to a pulp by the UFC champion. Not good, good, good answer. Yeah, is it that? Is that cut, that cut and dried? Yeah, it? it really cut and dried. John Jones is the greatest MMA fighter of all time, um, and admittedly, he gives away a lot of weight to Brock Lesnar, but he's the greatest of all time, hands down. Um, Brock Lesnar is way past his prime. Um, he had he had a style at work for him in his prime, but that's long gone. Um, he was found out quite easily eventually by his competitors, his contemporaries at that point. And John Jones is light years ahead of anyone that Brock has ever faced and lost to. Um, yeah, it's it's an absolute mortgage job for John Jones. Well, it seems uh, it seems strange because nowhere else in the uh, the pay per view world would you have someone that's basically the greatest of all time in their particular sport <laughs> going against someone that's basically uh, uh, not as good as they think they are. That definitely wouldn't happen in any other pay per view uh, mixed martial arts slash boxing event. No, what, um, what are you doing on August twenty sixth, by the way? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Certainly not staying up to watch that shit. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, everyone. I hate it, right? It's rubbish. Mayweather should win in about 14 seconds. He won't because it's fixed, right? You sue me, whoever you like. Um, Mayweather will win, but he'll win after about five rounds or something because they'll have to string you know, something out. Um, it's 40 to 1 that Mayweather wins on unanimous decision, and I think that's a tremendous bet. That it, well, that means it has to go 12 rounds. Yeah, but yeah, I can just imagine because you're right. You know, I'm a huge MMA fan that will defend you know, defend that sport against any accusations of rigging. But this match is worked. Simple. Of course it is. Um, and, so, and so it should be as well. It makes much much more sense. It's too. not a sporting contest. It's an exhibition, um, and it's going to make them all the money in the world. So good for them. But from the very first moment, this was um, even mooted from when these guys started talking about it in the press long before it got signed this has been a work and I can well imagine that Mayweather you know the decision's been made that McGregor goes look you know you know and I know that you'll, you can destroy me at will because you're one of the greatest boxers of all time and I've never had a boxing match in my life um, why don't, let's, let's make it go 12 rounds don't make me look a dick make me, let me look competitive you win in the end and then we all get paid a shit ton um, and, I, and this is coming from somebody who absolutely loves Conor McGregor but I just think anyway let's, let's, let's go back to SummerSlam but yeah that's that. no, no let, let's not because I just wanted to say really really quickly here's how I would book it right because I just think it would be so much fun to just play with the audience even more I would book it that, McGregor, that Mayweather beats the shit out of him for about two rounds probably can't go too, much, too far but you spend two two and a half rounds where basically McGregor's covering up Mayweather's just battering him and everyone's clearly going, oh, look, he's shown his dominance, shown his dominance. Mayweather gets a little bit cocky, drops the arms, and McGregor catches him. One hit, down, knockout. And that's what you do. And you have a three or four round fight where McGregor is getting absolutely pummeled, and he swings one lucky punch, and he gets him. And then, so then you say, you have the classic wrestling thing of, well, one wrestler was clearly the better man, but the other one got the win, so you can do the rematch. Mayweather says, okay, I won't take you lightly again, we have another one. And then we have another one in which Mayweather wins reasonably straightforward, and then you have to have a decider. And you can get three pay-per-views out of this sorry contest rather than one. That is how I would book it. Whether or not they've got the balls to go that far, I don't know. Maybe they would be testing everyone. But the only plausible story to get anything more out of this is that McGregor catches, gets him with a, a lucky one. And you could tell that story. There is plausible deniability that McGregor gets him with a lucky one. Not enough, I don't think. But they don't seem to have cared to this point. They've just gone mad with it. And it is going to be the biggest pay-per-view thing of all time. So fair play to them. I am, I'm, not, I'm not knocking them for uh, for making their money. But it's... Um, anyway, but it's a farce. Um, McGregor, uh, McGregor for WrestleMania next year or not? WrestleMania 35, maybe? No. And I only say that because I think Ronda Rousey will be there. Um, and I think it's going to be the four horsewomen against the four horsewomen. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, uh, without spoiling anything. Well, shit, I'm going to spoil something. Um, no, I'm not. No, basically, the. Um, uh, I think I, I I don't know what you were going to spoil, but I've got a guess. No. But okay, but we'll, we'll shut up. I don't. Th- I, don't I don't think there's anything too spoilery here. But I, um, there's no. There's no. Um, MWE have said that Ronda Rousey and the Horsewomen were at the May Young Classic because one of the four well one of them one of them was working yeah, yeah. Um, and there was on one of the tapings the WWE's four horsewomen minus I believe Charlotte or Sasha one of the two um, were in attendance as well um, I don't think anything happened between them but I think you know there's been a lot of chatter about it on WWE's uh, official channels and it would be fantastic what a, what a great way to showcase the women 
What a great way to get Ronda Rousey in there without exposing her. I think it would make all the sense in the world to have the four horsewomen against the four horsewomen at WrestleMania. I think it'd be a tremendous draw. Um, are all the WWE ones babyface at the moment? They are, aren't they? Uh, yeah, 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 they are. I don't expect that to stay the same going into Mania, but... Um, mm, I don't know. That might be the good reason to keep it that way. Maybe, might maybe. Um, I'd expect Sasha will turn before them, but you know what? The face and heel divide is like nowadays. It could quite easily turn back. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we are digressing as we often do. Um, so Lesnar, we we this is the beauty of um, the recording having failed the other day, folks. Because when me and Paul um, recorded this uh, on Sunday, I think it was, uh, I had a brilliant, wonderful, revolutionary idea about Paul Heyman and how this was going to be where Paul Heyman turns on Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns wins the title with the help of Heyman and then suddenly Roman Reigns is a Paul Heyman guy and Heyman can get Reigns over as a bigger heel than we ever even dreamed of and all this was uh, all in my mind and then of course after the recording Paul, ba- Paul said well you did talk about that as if Heyman's not going to leave and if Lesnar loses then Heyman has to leave as well and I went oh yeah good point <laughs> so I had an unbelievable argument for it but it didn't take into account my argument was based off of if Lesnar loses Lesnar leaves not if Lesnar loses Lesnar and Heyman leave this is wrestling so there is always a way of getting round it I would absolutely kill to see Heyman turn on Lesnar and go with Reigns and then have Reigns be the heel that way could you imagine it because although Heyman is respected Heyman can still get people over as a heel by the way if he walks to the ring and wants you to boo him he'll get you to boo him as much as you might think you're a quote unquote smart mark um, you'll be booing Heyman in a heartbeat um, but every time we talk about Roman Reigns going heel it's a little bit like the old story about Cena um, I was always defensive of people of, of the WWE when people would say oh it's time for Cena to turn heel and I would always go if you want Cena to turn heel that means he already is a heel in your eyes therefore he's doing his job so it's fine it's different with Reigns we've talked about this too much so we won't go over it again um, but in this context you've kind of got four guys which I'm not sure anyone's a specific babyface or anyone's a specific heel, but kind of works. Oh, mate, it does. And I'm not, you know, by and large, I'm not a big um, sort of backer of this Shades of Grey booking that became popular during the Attitude Era, the Russo school of Shades of Grey. This isn't that. This is very different. These are four guys that have got very well-defined characters, but just so happen that that you can choose to cheer or you can choose to boo. Um, and it doesn't really make any difference. They've been presented as such. It doesn't doesn't affect any storylines. Doesn't affect the way they perform. It's not disrespectful. They have clearly been presented as ambiguous. Um, and putting them all into one match, obviously, it goes without saying that Roman Reigns is going to be booed out the building. Um, the yes. other three guys are all going to have their individual supporters and their backers um, who will boo the rest. And I think it's going to make for such a frenzied atmosphere. Um, when all the near falls start to happen, you are going to get such a, a cacophony of noise in that arena. I think it's going to be chillblain sort of stuff. I think it's one of the best atmospheres for a big match um, we'll have seen in many, many years. It'll be chillblain sort of stuff. You know. You know, chill- but you know is it goosebumps? Do you mean goosebumps? Uh, same sort of thing, yeah. Chillblains. I like that. That's like one even more than goosebumps. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, goosebumps um, aren't just aren't going to cut the mustard. You've got to go with the chill blades. So you've got lots of arguments for for Lesnar losing. One is that it's in the fatal four way, easier to get the title off of a 
a big monster in a four-way where you have plausible deniability. I wasn't the one that was pinned. You can bring him back at a later time to take on someone. Um, so there's that. Um, there is also, you know, the rumours about the UFC thing. But maybe that's all a bit of a falsy. Maybe maybe Heyman and Lesnar will stick about. Um, maybe it's just playing into those rumours. Um, so I think just, you know, pretty 50-50 whether he goes or whether he stays. That's cool. If he does go, Lesnar, I'm sure he'll be back. But if he does go at this stage... Three candidates to take the belt. I'm going to say that Joe's the third of the of the three, but um, and I would say that I would probably I'd probably go with Braun. I think I'd, they've gone well enough with Braun so far that I think they'll carry on with the Braun train. I think they'll think that they can go to Reigns later down the line to win it from Braun as opposed to um, winning it now. I think you're probably only going to ride the Braun train for so long. So to me, I'm saying Strowman's the favourite. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. So when this match was booked, it is my hypothesis anyway. I, I believe this match was booked in the first place um, as a change of plans, and it was a reaction to Brock going to UFC. Um, like you say, a way to get the belt off him without him losing his aura and without him being pinned. But since the match was booked, it's obviously there obviously comes the realization that he needs to be in that testing pool, and he can't actually be cleared to fight until sort of the turn of the year at which point you get into WrestleMania season when there's no way WWE are going to let him go because again if he takes a beating um, that's going to be fresh in mind for when they're trying to sell the biggest pay-per-view of the year around his his image so that's not going to fly so I think it's obvious that that Jones-Lesnar match isn't going to happen until after WrestleMania now so I think that changes the complexion slightly I think the um, leaving WWE thing is a bit of a red herring to play into these people that, that you know that know what's going on behind the scenes so I think we are going to see uh, Brock Lesnar retain, um, and I think um, I think that's not necessarily where I'd want to see the result. I, I'm a I'm a massive Braun fan, and I'd love to see him get the belt, but he will have his time. Um, I think Lesnar wins this. Okay, I'm not going to talk you out of that. I think it's um, I think it's really cool that you can and because I can give you a nice argument for Reigns as well, because I think there's a chance that Lesnar goes away. Reigns wins the title, Reigns holds off all comers and then Lesnar comes back um, at a later date to try and conquer Reigns and Reigns wins and it's just a Reigns staying all, all, you know, all conquering um, uh, I still think that there's a and I've said this for a little while I still think that there's a um, you do Reigns v Cena at Wrestlemania 35 I think, I think that they could genuinely think that far ahead um, that Cena might be thinking about you know, how often he's going to wrestle by that point and you're going to get into the Cena territory the same as Undertaker with how many WrestleManias has Cena got left and he's going to be a bit judicious about who he wrestles at the big one Big one. so you've got surely you've got to go to Cena versus Reigns at some point um, and I can see them building a long period of time to that one and if that's the way you do it then, then you have to keep Reigns strong on the big show so he's beaten the Undertaker at the big one then he beats Lesnar at the big one and then you bring on Cena so to me that's a, a thing for way way down the line Um like I said, we weren't going to go through every single match on this card because we'll be here forever. But uh, you've uh, you've had your, your choices of the four-way being the one that really uh, springs to you. Um, I'm going to say that uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. Um, this has been a feud which has thus far, I think, slightly underwhelmed people. Um, the last match at the, the pay-per-view... Um, was a sort of slightly creative way of ending something to to not really have a finish. Um, previous to that, we've had the AJ winning at um, Madison Square Garden, doing the old keep people on their toes at house shows thing. Um, but 
for for two people as talented and as over with their large parts of the audience, not just the uh, you know the, the the cool hipster crowd, but uh, for general people, you know, you don't have to have been watching you know Ring of Honor from 2005 or anything like that to appreciate who AJ Styles is. Um, you just need to be a wrestling fan, even if you only start tuned into WWE from January this year. Um, you'd, you'd know how good AJ is. Um, so I think that these two have maybe flattered to deceive a little bit, but I do think that on this kind of stage, you don't put these kind of two people together. You don't have someone like Shane involved as a special ref um, without it being something. I think they're going to give these two a little bit of space. They absolutely can both provide on the big stage when allowed. It's not like they've been allowed 20-25 minutes thus far to have an epic and not delivered. They've been booked so far to have matches that are going to come up a bit short to lead you to future matches. And I think the future matches this weekend. So I'm saying AJ versus Owens to be the match of the night uh, in terms of two pure, great sports entertainers that will get in the ring, that will understand one another and will have an epic. You're not so convinced as me, are you? Not as convinced. Now, these two are two of my favourites on the roster and arguably the, the two best in-ring performers they've got. Um, their feud should have been spectacular. Like, I don't know about this holding stuff back for the big match. I, I don't really subscribe to that. I just think that for whatever reason, they've not had so much chemistry. You know, it happens, you know. You get two great performers who just don't gel. And to this point, that's been those guys. And I, I share... Your um, your excitement in that I think this is where that changes. I think knowing how those guys are perfectionists and knowing how good they are, they'll know that they've underwhelmed so far, and they'll be saying to each other, "Right, this ends now. This is the big stage. Let's show them what we've got." Because a great showing here sets them both up so well for the rest of the year. Um, I think it's ultimately going to end in. Um, Shane McMahon accidentally or purposefully aiding uh, AJ Styles to get the win um, which will lead to a, uh, an Owens-Shane McMahon feud which be, could be quite good fun but it puts um, Owens in the spotlight and I think he, they both need a really strong performance to show just how good they are um, after they've both been kind of lost in the shuffle for a little while I think we'll get it I think they're too good not to, sh- not to give it but I'm slightly worried based on what we've seen so far yeah, fair, fair. There is obviously the argument that you can be the two of the greatest of all time. I'm not saying they are, but you could be two of the greatest of all time and just not really mesh yeah. and just not really have the the matches that people expect. It it can happen. Um, it can happen in any sport where you put people together that you think are going to be brilliant and it doesn't quite come off. So, um, you know, certain jockeys are good at riding certain horses and certain people are better at playing up front with other footballers and certain cricketers bat well against certain bowlers and it's it's just the way that uh, that you know things work and it just might be that AJ and, and Kevin haven't really got it at this moment in time with their chemistry I don't think so I think they're, they're too good to uh, to let that get in their way and I'm sure they've been working on this and um, they'll make it very very fine indeed um, let's t- talk quickly about uh, the um, the clash of the Asian markets it's uh, it's Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. It's uh, India <coughs> brackets Canada um, versus Japan. Um, there's no doubt that WWE are looking to branch out in various different uh, markets. That's almost certainly why Mahal is there. Um, we all know how good Shinsuke is, although it's been a bit stop-start since he debuted. Um, putting all of that aside, um, 
is this where Jinder, you know, goes one too many, as in people can sort of stand him holding on against Orton because Orton has been around a long time and people aren't clamouring for that, but if Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't get crowned as the champ on the big stage of SummerSlam and he loses to a roll-up and the hold of the tights by Jinder Mahal, is this the point where the heat on Mahal just goes that bit too far? You know, I looked a bit of a clown this week with this match because I wrote a big preview on Tuesday about how Nakamura would likely win and then have his title stolen away from him within minutes by Baron Corbin and his Money in the Bank briefcase. A la the uh, Rand, uh, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton thing from a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, exact repeat, which p- pissed people off there because it massively took the shine off a first title. Right? I'm a big believer that when a face wins, the, a beloved face wins the title for the first time, it should be a very big deal and it should be treated with reverence. And it didn't happen with Bryan. And I was very worried it wouldn't happen again with Shinsuke. Um, obviously, that's not in play now. Um and on paper, you'd you'd say that Nakamura would now probably win. You know, Mahal's not been good by any stretch of the imagination. He's not been interesting in the ring. He's not. Been, he's improved as a promo and as a presence. I'll grant him. Uh, house show attendance has been down with him on top. Uh, Pay per view um, attendance has been anemic. Um, ratings have been stagnant. It's just not worked. So by all accounts, Shinsuke Nakamura should take this. But I just get the horribly sneaking suspicion this is going to be one of those times where we get a big FU from uh, WWE, and because we expect it and we want it, they're going to give it to Jinder. That's my that's my gut feeling. Yeah, I hate to agree with you because I don't want to think that, but I kind of do think that. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's almost it's almost like assume the worst, right? As we speak. Tomorrow morning, um, I've got to drive from where my house is in Mid-Devon uh, to South End, right? And on a Friday, during the summer holidays, the roads are going to be a nightmare. It took me nine hours to get to Peterborough the other week. It should take about four and a half. So in my head, what should be a five-hour drive to South End tomorrow, I've got in my head as being ten hours. I'm leaving at, I'm leaving at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. If I get there before nine o'clock tomorrow night, I'm going to call it a, a victory. I know that realistically I should get there earlier than that, but I'm still in my head saying nine o'clock because then if anything happens, um, you know, even then I can budget for it. It can still be a victory. It's a little bit like telling your girlfriend that you'll be in. What time do you think you'll be in, love? I'll be in about midnight. And then when you get in at half ten, you're a hero for coming home early. Where actually you knew you were coming home at half ten all along. Little one there for you boys. Um, it's that sort of thing. Let's assume the worst. And then if anything else happens it's a result because yes I think there's a, a real history to this now listen there's a very fine line here and I don't want to get in terms of there is a bit of a difference between analysing a situation with a, a cold head and also being a fan and getting a certain type of heat right I am saying that there's nothing wrong with what they've done so far with with uh, with um, uh, with Mahal because Ultimately, you want a heel to cheat and you want to be angry at the heel because you want to see him get his comeuppance. But in this modern... This is not Ric Flair being the NWA champion in 1987. This is modern day 2017 wrestling where things work very differently. It is not a territory system where we will pay to go and watch Flair get his ass kicked by the local hero. 
this is a time where people are saying we want the entertainment value and what's going on on Raw is a perfect example where you don't necessarily need to be hugely invested in any or all of those four guys you just need to know that it's going to be an ass kicking competition and you're going to enjoy what, what the outcome is this one is different this one people clearly clearly know that Shinsuke Nakamura is one of the best wrestlers on earth and that Jinder Mahal is in the position of he is because of his ethnicity don't um, at me about that it's true okay and I don't think he's bad Jinder Mahal I think he's perfectly passable I think he's a decent wrestler I think he's a decent promo he's obviously got a very good look they've packaged him quite well with the Sings as being the uh, um, you know the um, what did they call Seth Rollins security I forget what they called the team what, they, what did they call it them J&J security yeah um, they've done that sort of thing, you know, the the, the JBL cabinet, the Stooges. It's it's that um, setup. It works really nicely. There's nothing about Jinder that I'm particularly down on, but he's not in the best hundred wrestlers in the world, let alone being in the best one or two. Uh, and he's in the position that he is because of his ethnicity. I don't blame WWE. It's going to open up markets for them. It's been going on forever. But this is the point, I think, on a big stage where people are going to look at Nakamura and look at Mahal and go, that guy is clearly better than that guy. And if this guy, the one with the shiny belt on him at the moment, wins because of those two little shits helping again, I think there's a certain point where people just fold up and go, that's it, I've had enough, I'll just watch Raw. And there's too many good wrestlers on SmackDown for people to be giving up and saying, if this Mahal guy is the champ, because you've got Nakamura, and you've got Styles, and you've got Owens, and you've got Cena, and you've got all of these people on SmackDown, and yet it's Mahal that's the champ and I think eventually people will just fold up and say and obviously you've got Randy Orton you've got Rusev there's so many talents on that show and even better you can give the title to Nakamura and Nakamura can have one after another after another defence against these fantastic wrestlers they've just put the guy over John Cena I know there's some controversy about an injury in the match but don't get yourself too hyped up about that wrestlers understand that things happen right it's not stopped various other wrestlers in the past being held. They've not been necessarily held back because they hurt people. It happens. Cena certainly won't be fussed about it. They will know how good Nakamura is. And if they're putting Nakamura over Cena in this kind of match, they think something of him. So, I am retaining that glimmer of hope that you don't beat John Cena on, on SmackDown and then have the guy lose at a pay-per-view. However... It does now flash into my mind there. They had Alberto Del Rio beat Cena very clean not all that long ago. And look what's happened to him. So it doesn't always follow. But uh, I, I share your I share your lingering fears, I'm afraid. But uh, I'm going to try and hold out some, uh, some lasting hope on that one. Fair enough. Um, Bala versus Wyatt. Oh, I was actually hoping you wouldn't ask me about this one, Rob. I want to ask you about this one. I want to be really quick about it, but it's Bray versus Bray. It's the man from Bray, County Wicklow, Ireland, against Bray Wyatt. Um, That's the only reason you asked me about this match, isn't it? Because I wanted to say the Bravey Bray thing. Um, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not true. Because to me, uh, Finn Balor is the one wrestler in the company that I think they need to act on really soon. Because I think you've got a natural there. You've not built anything into him. They've done almost nothing with the uh, the, the demon. Um, me, and, me and Bruce had a bit of a mini falling out at one show where I talked about how they've not used the demon yet and people shouted at me that they have. H- have they done the demon? Yes. When did they he do it? He was at SummerSlam last year. 
SummerSlam last year. See, I could against Rollins. Correct. Yeah? See, I just, I just, I didn't have that memory because to me they didn't build to that point where it was necessary. And that's obviously no. why. But, um, but they've still to me not done the. And the, what I mean by that is that theoretically to me, Bray Wyatt would be the kind of character that would draw out the demon. He would batter and batter and batter Balor to the point where Balor goes, okay, maybe Finn Balor can't beat you. But the demon can. It's very much very similar to where Mick Foley said, "Okay, mankind can't beat you, Triple H, but Cactus Jack can." And that sounds ridiculous to anyone else outside the wrestling bubble. But actually, if you understand the characters, the demon should be where Balor needs to go, and it should be a huge build. Now, I'm assuming he's not the. Gonna... Have they said anything about him being the demon this weekend? They have. Uh, yes, very, very, very strongly hinted it. Essentially, um, when when they had a little confrontation on Raw and Bray covered him in the red liquid afterwards yeah. um, there was an interview where Finn said something along the lines of Bray you've obviously got your demons but I've got my demons too see okay well I, I would like to have seen Wyatt get the better of him a little bit more than that rather than just because they've not had a proper match really have they they've not really got into it it's always been the things being broken up and, and it's I would have liked to have seen a bit more to bring out Bala, but if this is where they do it, and if it's where the demon, the demon can't lose, by the way. No. Nope. So if he if he comes out as the demon and loses, he's dead. Forget him. Might as well write him off. He might as well be wrestling in TNA this time next year because he's dead if you beat the demon. Um, but he is someone that they just he has got such a connection. He is a skinny white guy from Ireland with a slightly wonky eye that comes out in a bit of a shit leather jacket, right? <laughs> and they love him because he's one of the greatest wrestlers on earth and he is such a cool guy and he's so likeable and he's been out injured. They've not really built a lot... I know they've shot him out of a cannon to begin with when he won the Universal title. But generally speaking, WWE have not done bundles with him. What are you laughing at? Uh, just the wonky eye comment. <laughs> okay, he's still, still laughing at that. Well, he's got slightly squinty eyes. I'm saying... But my point, I was just trying to find ways of poking a stick at him. I think he's absolutely wonderful and so do most of the fans but it, to me WWE haven't made him he just happens to be great when they finally get behind him properly and I'm not saying people will say they're burying him they're not burying him they're putting him in a feature match at SummerSlam right if they wanted to bury him he'd be nowhere where are the Hardys like if you, want, if you wanted to be burying people um, but um, Finn Balor is a gold mine if they want to make him one and there's this whole thing about Vince likes people with the Irish ethnicity and all this kind of stuff. They could make him something truly special, but they need to start doing so fast. Bray Wyatt, so far, has got a bit of a history of having big-time matches with big-time wrestlers and then going nowhere afterwards. Bray Wyatt has been allowed a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. He's been allowed long series of matches with John Cena, with Randy Orton, with Roman Reigns, with Seth Rollins... Is he in a better place than he was when they started the Wyatt family? I'm not convinced. Can I have a bit and of a moan? Go on. I, I was a big fan of Wyatt long after most had fallen off the bandwagon and, and, and written him off. I still thought he was very good, rehabable, whatever. I'm now at the point where not only do I dis completely dislike seeing him on television, because he never does anything. He just... He comes out, spews his gobbledygook, it's completely meaningless, and he starts up these views that have no rhyme or reason whatsoever. They just happen, 
the feud happens the matches happen and then he moves on and invariably anybody that comes up against Bray Wyatt is in a worse position on the card than, than when they started the feud with him Every, you look at you those guys you all listed how many of those came out in a better spot after the after the Bray Wyatt feud than they were in before not a single no. one no it's not happened um, and for that reason so he's not only affecting himself but he's also crippling the mid card he's like a cancer of the mid card um, and he's causing some real serious issues that character for me he needs to go away permanently it's, they give it a go it's been done we've all talked in the, me and you have talked in the past about how he needs some time off come back with a break I'm a bit beyond that now he needs to go uh, they're, they're not necessarily the performer not necessarily um uh, Mr. Rotundo behind it. Uh, um, what's the? I can't remember his name now. Um, not Bo. That's his brother. Win um, Windham, I think. But it's um, right. Okay. Doesn't matter. He's a very. He's. I think he's very good. I think he's an uh, interesting-looking cat. He can move. He's good. But the Bray Wyatt character needs to go away and never come back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about never come back, but I certainly think there is um, a scope for. Uh, I haven't watched EastEnders for a great many years, but when I used to, I used to watch EastEnders quite a lot when I was younger, and uh, they used to bring back Grant Mitchell from time to time. Old Ross Kemp, when he wasn't trying to break up gangs in, I don't know wherever he was, Belize, he'd wander back into Elstree and he would uh, film some episodes for EastEnders, and they'd uh, pop a rating, and then he'd go away again once he'd uh, dealt with whoever was hassling Peggy. Um, but it worked well to, to not have Grant around all the time on EastEnders, but to bring him back from time to time and just have him come and do something. Now, we've seen that in wrestling with people like Lesnar and even Cena at the moment and, and doing those kind of things. Um, I think that Wyatt would just be really, really well served by just having a break, like you say, and just going away. And, and when I say going away, I mean, if Bray Wyatt stops being and Wyndham Rotunda or um, bloody Husky Harris goes and wrestles for Ring of Honor or for wherever it is and has a good time, um, you know, there are increasing amounts of, excuse me, increasing amounts of um, examples of people going away and just learning something and then coming back again. You've only got to look at Cody at the moment. You know, you know I don't know if you know that, uh, that Cody is actually being secretly managed by Doc Brown. Did you know that from the, uh, the Back to the Future films? Go on. That's why that's why he's just called Cody now because the way he's going, he don't need roads. But he's 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 just Cody. But he's doing really he's doing. I know it's terrible, wasn't it? He's doing really well for himself. And he's, I saw an interview with him this week, and he reckons he's making more money now on top working with the Bullet Club and working in Japan and working with Ring of Honor and whatever. He's making more money than he was being a mid carder in WWE. And he's on his own schedule and he's on his own timings and he's the master of his own destiny. Brilliant. He's also opening up a position where if he does go back to WWE, he's probably got a little bit more leverage. The same way that AJ did. I know AJ had never been there in the first place, but AJ didn't need to go to WWE. That was the big difference. All those years he was in TNA, you went, well, stars could go to WWE. But they probably just lowballed him with shit offers, and they weren't really bothered about the, the guy that was approaching 40 that spoke with a, you know, a Georgian accent. And then he went away and did his thing in Japan, and suddenly, when they wanted him, AJ was in a position to say well, fire me a good deal and I want to go straight onto the main roster because I can. otherwise I can just stay in a New Japan and make a, make potloads of cash. And I'm not saying Cody Rhodes is as good as AJ Styles or certainly not as good as someone like Kenny Omega, but 
he's in such a good position now is Cody that he can kind of call his own shots when he comes back if I'm Bray I want to do that for, for more than one reason because I think I could go away and I could make a good living doing that other stuff and, and build myself up elsewhere but if he does make that a success oh my god when he comes back in a year or 18 months after he'd gone and do you know what I'd do I'd have him come back as the white knight I'd have him come back as the saviour of people as a baby face not trying to break people and make them evil but coming back and saving them it, I, that's what I would do I would totally twist his character around and have him be the, the big hero well, And you, but after like you say after a long break I'm talking a year two years and then suddenly when the character's in the shit here comes Bray Wyatt and he actually comes back to save someone that, the, that is beloved of the fans and then you can do the whole what they're doing at the moment Rollins and Ambrose the whole kind of do I trust you thing but over time he's the, he's the, he's the hero and he helps people and he helps people and then a year down the line bang he turns and he's back to the old bastard that he was and it turns out it was a plot all along and you've got a long storyline that you can do for him because he is he is talented in, in some ways but you know Bruce Pritchard who we've worked with often has this saying about you know what happened he goes well the bell rang and there is a little bit of an argument that the Wyatt character is so in depth and it started off so hot and there's so uh, so many nuances to it but actually he's a decent enough worker but is he good enough that he can back it up and this is the problem, is that the feuds can be this and that, and you can argue that they go too far, like the stuff with Orton. But eventually, when it gets to the big match, he's not quite good enough. And that might be the bigger drawback of it. I, I just think he's... Uh, and I'm not saying this... Uh, it's probably the most negative I've ever been about an individual on this podcast. But he's, he's, he's not good. He's, he's okay. He's good enough. Sorry. He's good enough in the ring. He's quite interesting. But out of the ring, is where it's when the bell rings, the problems are kind of solved it's all the crap he does around it you can't have a proper feud with the guy because he just comes out he's, he's no better than the boogeyman absolutely no better as a character he does nothing different it's the same gibbledy gobbledy nonsense uh, <laughs> the is Ray can work a bit um, gibbledy gibbledy gobbledy nonsense <laughs> he can work where the boogeyman couldn't but that's the only difference they've both got the smoky entrances and the weird shit going on and no no but it's, it's not good but then moving on to uh, to, to Finn you know I'm, I'm, I like Finn I'm not as big a fan as some but I think I find he's, he's the, the walking a really tight tight uh, sorry a tight uh, I don't even know where I'm going with this but the, the, the walking a fine line with him as a baby face um you're right about the demon not being able to lose but really I don't know about I, I'm not sure whether you're familiar with the stuff he did in Japan but I've seen some of it and that guy is a heel god he is such a good heel and if they turn him heel tomorrow he would be absolutely phenomenal but the problem is as a heel you don't get the demon the demon's merchandise the demon's branding um, so I think we're, we're going to be a long ways off from that well, I would so love for him to be a heel right now. There's a really, there's a really key thing I'm going to say about how well you can do as a heel in Japan, as opposed to being a heel in North America. <laughs> Two words. What? Go on. Lord Tensai. No, 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 no. Uh, oh yeah, my old, my old mate Lord Trainset. No, it's um, uh, no, it's it's his size. Um, it is very, very, very hard to get over as a heel in North America when you weigh 185 pounds. Sure. Because just naturally, the way he works, 
you know, in, in a similar thing to Dan, it's so difficult for like a Daniel Bryan or or someone like that, even a Jeff Hardy who's bigger, because of the style that they work to be a to be a heel. Now in Japan, you know, he's being a heel against Tanahashi and Okada and you know other people like that that are working on top with him, um, and you know there are big guys in Japan and there are people that work sort of a you know a stiff style and whatever but generally speaking no one in Japan looks like Strowman or Reigns or Lesnar or even Samoa Joe you know very few anyway and certainly not the ones on the top so they're not little guys but I'm saying that they're generally speaking it's not a big big man's territory and so someone like um Bala can get over with his also it's easier as a foreigner I know that he's Irish in America he's a European in America but he isn't but he is an Anglophile an Anglo an Anglophone I should say he is speaking English to the audience he's not as big a foreigner um, to the American audience as he would be to the Japanese audience uh, the Gaijin um, so it's easier for him to get over as a heel in Japan. You're right, he will be a great heel in WWE if they ever let him, but to me, I don't look at the heel roster and think, it needs Bala. And if it does need Bala, it needs the Bala club. You need to do that kind of club yeah. thing with him and have the, the heel stable. And then people will be so pandering for it, it'll end up being a babyface stable. Because Absolutely. people are going to cheer for it for being cool. So that I don't think it can work. Not in the current environment. You'd have to turn him into a right real nasty bastard piece of work and you'd have to have a two or three mega baby faces like you'd need to have AJ and Cena and maybe one other who else would it be like a baby face Joe if you ever turned him face you'd need all of those on the face roster to make Bala look like a right bastard because otherwise people would just ch- if you did the most evil um, contorted nasty Bala against Roman Reigns they're going to cheer Bala if you did it against Ambrose against Rollins they'll still cheer Bala because they like him and because they'll appreciate the character it'd be ever so hard I think you could only really do him a heel against AJ you, see, you are you've got, you make some really fair points there my I, my sort of counterpoint would be that um, even when he was doing the Bullet Club thing he, his success as a heel was because he was that cocky shit who yes he could back it up but more so he had the guys in tow. He had Carl Anderson. He had Farley behind him, etc. And I think you could do that again. Imagine the scenario: Finn Balor as a heel in charge of the Bullet Club picks a fight with a babyface Braun Strowman. Now, people love Braun; they really do, and they love Finn Balor as well. And you're right; he would get cool here. He'll cheers. But what? Imagine him goading Braun Strowman week in week out, but Braun can't get to him because every time he tries. Gallows, Anderson, uh, Joe, maybe whoever, whoever you want to stick in there, act as his muscle and basically beat the living shit out of Strowman, and then Balor can come in and pick up the pieces, and you build and build and build, and eventually Balor gets his ass kicked in a hell in a cell by Braun Strowman or whatever you want to do. That to me is the strength of him as a heel, personally. Um, and you, you're right, it doesn't translate as well to WWE as it does, did in New Japan, but. He just he's just so good in that role. I think he would make it work. Possibly there is a counter to my own argument, which is you know, for for a while there, um, CM Punk and the stuff yeah. that CM Punk was doing with the Straight Straight Edge Society, um, is you know Punk's a similar sort of build and someone that people loved, but he was that good that he was able to um to get people against him. Um, but he did it against people like Rey Mysterio, um, you know that were utterly beloved. So it's to me it's just as much about. 
who he would work against um, as opposed to um, the character itself. Okay, give me one more match before we um, before we kind of put a bow on I'll SummerSlam. Give you one more match, mate. It was one I almost wanted to mention earlier, but it's the Raw Tag Team Title match. Um, I've made no secret of how much I adore the tag team of Cesaro and Sheamus. Two big heel, cocky, ass-kicking bastards that dress the same, act as a unit, beat the crap out of their opponents, look the part doing it. I think they're absolutely awesome. I think the demolition for the modern era, I think if they were given the run that they deserve as a tag team, they would just be, you know, we would be talking main event level heel tag team. I think they're so, so good together. And then you stick them up against Ambrose and Rollins, two guys individually who I'm less than asked about. Rollins um, is fine. He's been good as a heel. Again, not one of my favorites. Ambrose, I've not cared for remotely. Um, Certainly since he got thrashed by Lesnar at WrestleMania, but really before that, since he started becoming... Toys are all wacky instead of unhinged that he should be, um, and I. But I love the story of those guys coming together, building the trust again, finally doing the fist bump on Raw. I think it's going to be a really good match, telling a really good story, and then obviously inevitably down the line we're going to see. Well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say obviously. You've coached me about that before. My belief is that down the line you'll get Ambrose turning on Rollins into WrestleMania, and you've got a heel Ambrose against a face Rollins as it should be. But right now, I think this match is going to have another one with bags of heat, bags of support for the faces, bags of heat on the heels. I think it's going to be a, a spectacle and a half, that one. Um, as you know, I have um, taught myself to not look at the uh, the betting odds anymore because uh, um, yes. while I was making... So I was ma- I was gradually losing cash every time because I uh, would never back on big favourites because you weren't going to make any money. Um, so I was trying to go with the value and so therefore losing money and giving away matches at the same time um, I've pledged not to look at these things anymore doesn't always work especially when you're sat there at uh, at the Royal Rumble and people come up to you and go have you seen that Randy Orton's 1-7 or whatever you go okay well that's him winning then um, so hopefully people will uh, will not say those kind of things to us on, uh, on Sunday um, I, I don't know any odds if they are out there I absolutely haven't looked but if you said to me play your joker and pick a match in which you're going to uh, pick a winner the the story is absolutely Ambrose and Rollins winning this match it is I, I, I cannot fathom a way that you don't do this match as having Ambrose and Rollins win you can't put the team together of two superstars on that level play up the whole are they mates are they mates are they mates and then eventually they do the fist bump they get put in the tag match they have to win it there's nowhere to take this story I've had this, this kind of thing before where you've had matches with say like Cena and Kane and it's all the Kane doing the embrace the hate and bringing in Zack Ryder and Eve Torres and all this kind of stuff going on people go this is what Kane's going to beat Cena and it's like nope Cena's going to win because you sometimes just have to look at the bigger picture of how they tell a story arc and Cena would have to win those matches there's other ones that we've talked about tonight like Nakamura and Mahal there's not the same sort of arc it is a little bit harder to tell you absolutely have to have the baby faces win this match because it's too soon in the whole thing. Seamus and Cesaro can easily get it back. They can cheat and get it back. Um, and it won't affect them what they're like as a team. But you have to give the titles here to Ambrose and Rollins. And you can tell you're presumably going to do rematches. I, I would love to see, by the way, this could be where you bring the Hardys back in and do Ambrose and Rollins versus the Hardys. 
and you can do that over a three-month period. You can have a match for the title, and then you can have a two out of three for the title, and then do a ladder match for the title. You've got scopes of things you could do with those four guys. Um, that would be great fun. Yeah, very cool. Um, and I'm and I'm with you that the um, the, uh, the 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 team of Sheamus and Cesaro is really cool together. Do you, do you think if you could convert wrestlers into footballers? And you'd say that you know someone like Tozawa would be like a nippy winger, and Roman Reigns would be a sort of Andy Carroll style big man number nine. You know maybe you know Rollins could be like a sort of clever creative midfielder. Sheamus and Cesaro are, t- are a pair of centre halves, aren't they? Yes. There's your there's your two there's your two at the back. Build your team around those two lads. They're going to win everything in the air. They're going to come forward for corners. You know they are going to act as a proper pair of destroying centre backs. Actually a Bruce and Pallister right there. And it's like I think. That's great. I mean, you do think of those two as a unit now, don't you? And it's um, it's not the music, it's not the the uh, the outfits, although that all plays into it. It's the shared ethos. It's the fact that you think the two of them both look like they could wander somewhere, have a beer, you know, just chat about something, just be mates, argue amongst one another, but then you know, make up. They remind me of the APA. That's what they remind me the most of. Not in terms of their style necessarily, but just as two guys where you just... You looked at um, uh, Ron Simmons and John Layfield and thought, yeah, they could be mates. And my understanding is in real life that they were mates. And, you know, it helped their gimmick and it just kept them forward. But from the Acolytes through to the APA, you just always went, I can see that. Yeah. And and I think it's the same with these two. Uh, My understanding is that they are pals and that's one of the reasons why they ended up working together so often and it's translated into a team. So... Um, I'm fully with you on the, how much I enjoy their work, but I, I would, I cannot fathom anything other than an Ambrose and Rollins win. If you are someone that goes onto the betting sites and that the odds are reasonable on that one, I'd have a few quid on it. And you know, you can blame me later on when you lose your money. But to me, that's an absolute banker. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Oh, and can we just say at this point, anybody listening? Please, 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 please do not talk to us about the betting odds on Facebook, Twitter, or in person, or we might well kill you. Yes. Or we will, or we will um, as a, kill is a very strong thing to say. Let's say it in a WWE sense, and we'll say we will put you in a vegetative state. <laughs> we'll send um, you to not the hospital, but a medical facility. A medical facility. Um, the EMTs are on the scene. Um there are several matches we haven't mentioned it's not worth mentioning now because we'll just be here forever but we've not meant this is how good this pay-per-view is by the way guys we've not talked about Randy Orton versus Rusev we've not talked about either of the singles matches for the uh, the women's championships we've not talked about the disappointment of um, Tozawa Neville and New Day Anuso has been on the pre-show we've not talked about John Cena versus Baron Corbin um, well, we've talked a little bit about Big Show and Big Cass, and Paul's um, shown his uh, disdain. We're, we're now not going to talk about any of those matches. We've been we've gone long enough. Um, we're not going to be here and do one of those um, four-hour pay-per-view um, preview shows that uh, has got zero intellect in it. Um, so we're going to leave it here. But my last question to you, Paul, on SummerSlam is that we've not even considering those kind of matches as in our top five or six to speak about. There's some depth there, mate. Oh, no question. I think there's, you know, there's like like the ones we've all talked about are all really exciting matches. Um, there's plenty on there. You know, the fact that New Day and the Usos don't even make the the pay per view card is just phenomenal. Um, I wrote today about Sasha Banks against Alexa Bliss, and again I wrote about it in hugely glowing terms. 
um, especially for Bliss. I think this is going to be the, the breakout match for both of these guys. Um, I just, if, if this pay-per-view isn't the best of the year, I will be severely disappointed and hugely surprised. I really hope for the, both of the women's matches, actually, I know so we wouldn't talk about them, but I'm talking about them in a general sense. I really hope that for both of them they don't over-script. I, I watch women's matches sometimes, and I, ha- I hate to broadly paint the whole genre, but I'm actually, I actually mean this as a compliment. I, I think sometimes they... What, what's that? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. I think, um, I think broadly speaking, um, they occasionally try and they're a little bit worried about um, their what they're, how they're thought of and whatever. So they little they'd be a little bit over elaborate in terms of how they put together the match and how they choreograph it, and it takes them out of the moment a little bit, and they don't go with their instincts. Where you've got four wrestlers there, I think you've got Naomi and Bliss probably fall in the same category, and you've got Natalia and Sasha fall in the same category. As in, you've got two. Very, very good workers in terms of um, Natty and Sasha, and you've got two really um, talented uh, up-and-comers in Naomi and uh, Alexa, um, comfortable with their characters, doing the right things. Um, but I can see there being spots where they lay it out in a little bit like it's Strictly Come Dancing rather than a wrestling match. And when they do that, they have a tendency to miss them, and it takes you out the moment a little bit, and it loses the uh, impetus. So my hope is that they go with the NXT style of things which is making you feel about the matches rather than overbooking it with complicated spots and holds and moves and um, you know um, translations and all that kind of thing I I would much rather see them go with the emotions of the matches which is what they've done better in NXT Um, so that's my fear for the two um, two women's matches but I've certainly got a lot of faith in the four involved yeah yeah, that's fair mate I think that's a really really apt way of saying it um, so yeah long and short looking forward to it hopefully you guys are too and hopefully uh, a bulk of you will be coming out to watch it either with us in London or at one of our other parties around the country most definitely remember you've got 11 different choices of venue uh, wherever you are in the country you surely won't be too far away uh, from a hooked on wrestling party and like I said in some places you're a bit sport for choice if you're in the if you're sort of uh, somewhere if you live in Chesterfield for example not all that difficult for you to get to Sheffield or to Nottingham or to Derby and there's a few things going on for you so uh, um, also uh, if you're down in London you know you've got you've got the London show you've also got uh, uh, Doug Williams hosting there in Reading so there's uh, there's lots of options for you wherever you are if we are if you're now sat here going well I'm in so and so and there's no one anywhere near me we are we apologize but as you we are to tell by our lineup and um, with our 11 different shows and um, there are some first-time places in there as well um, it often comes from the bars approaching us rather than us approaching the bars um, walkabout or shooters or someone will come to us and say do you fancy doing one in venue X Y and Z and we will see if it works for us so sometimes it's about people coming to us but anyway the point is wherever you are in the country if you are umming and ahhing about what to do on Sunday if you think you can uh, uh, get Monday off work do so get it done come and see us come and enjoy the, uh, the show in a, in a completely different way um, we hope we've whet your appetite for the uh, how good we think the show's going to be the second thing to do is to uh, to up your game in terms of how you watch it and who you watch it with um, we promise you uh, you will not be let down um, by what Hooked on Wrestling offers or indeed what your fellow wrestling fan offers because actually the star of the show is not WWE and it is not hooked on wrestling it's actually the people that come to the events uh, and make them what they are um, before we uh, before we wrap up and we let's talk a little bit about Saturday night um, because these uh, Royal Rumble WrestleMania SummerSlam type events um, bring something extra with them and that is the NXT TakeOver um, 
NXT takeovers are almost never bad. At, the, at their worst, they're good, and at their best, they're absolutely phenomenal. I think this is a really, really stacked lineup. Sometimes with the NXT ones, you go, it looks okay, and it ends up being better than you expect. I look at this and think, this is a hell of a lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. Asuka versus Ember Moon, I think they were going to try and do beforehand. It's their best two wrestlers that they've got in the female side of things there in NXT. Um, so that, I think, will probably be the best match of them all. Um, you've got Bobby Roode versus Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre. Um, a 40-year-old versus a 32-year-old, both of whom we've seen for a very, very long time in the quote-unquote developmental um, process, but it kind of feels right. It kind of feels like this is the second coming of Drew McIntyre, and it's sort of working how they've reinvented everything. We all know the Bobby Roode story. Um, that feels like a proper main event, and it feels like it, it, it sits in the right place, even though if I'd have tried to explain that to you two years ago, you would have thought me a fool. Um, yeah, of course we would, but I, I, I'm really, you know, I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, above all else on the show, um, I went to see the NXT card in Leeds in when would it be late May, and these two were headlining actually. I remember talking to you about it at the time on the podcast and saying, Do you know what, it was so refreshing. They barely took a bump. They must have took ten bumps between them tops, but it was two wrestlers wrestling. They looked like wrestlers. They acted like wrestlers. They had the car, the crowd in the palm of their hands. Um, they didn't do anything. It was no flip, flip dive. It was a proper wrestling match where they spent, you know, five minutes at the start, barely touching one another, just getting their reactions going. Um, it was a real masterclass, and I'm delighted for the pair of them. Very much looking forward to see what they can do. Um, not sure who's going to win. It's another one that's slightly unpredictable. I'm leaning towards Bobby Roode just because it feels maybe a bit too easy for Drew Galli- uh, Drew McIntyre just to come in and take the belt. I think he probably will eventually, but I think he needs to earn it a bit more. So I think Roode's going to hold on to it. Um, it's been a great title reign as well and it probably deserves to be continued. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked hugely if, uh, if McIntyre took it either. Nope, me neither. Um... Further down the card, you've got the uh, Authors of Pain, who uh, Paul's a big fan of. Um, we started this podcast by him talking about his penchant for uh, ass-kicking big men, so uh, Authors of Pain right down his street. But they're up against Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane uh, from Sanity, so that's going to be... Uh, there's some there's some tonnage in that match, um, but that should be a hard-hitting tag match. Um, and Alistair Black, who they think a lot of, versus Hideo Itami, and Johnny Gargano coming back and wrestling Andrade Armour. So there's... That's five very good matches. Um, or you know, I think the uh, the Gargano match will be his his kind of welcome back. I think he wins that quite straightforward. Um, Almas is one of those ones where they they've had a certain amount of people in NXT where they've built to a sort of a, a mid-level point, and then they get them beat, don't they? Like um, No Way Jose and, and people like that. So it's um, uh, I think Almas. I don't think although they've added uh, Thea Trinidad, aka Zelina Vega, now so is that daughter of Savio. Um, but they've added her to the mix. But I still think that uh, he's just a, a facilitator for, for Gargano, for Johnny Wrestling to uh, get his win. But Black and Itami is an interesting one because they're both people that uh, they would seem to have a have a future for. Itami was, you know, had a great match with Bobby Roode at uh, a previous takeover. So that's uh, that could be a, that could be the uh, sort of the sleeper match of the group. Yep. Um, I think I, I think a lot of Alistair Black. Um, Itami really needs to prove himself and has started to do so with his heel turn. Black seems to be the next in line after McIntyre, if we're reading it right. 
Um, so I think, uh, oh, it's another hard one to predict, but I'm, I'm probably saying that he wins. Um, and going back to the Authors of Pain against Sanity, again, I think Authors of Pain are going to pay face in this one. WWE are very high on Killian Dane. I know that from, from hearing it from, well, not from the horse's mouth, but second-hand information from a very reliable middleman. Um, so they could take this, the titles here as well and see the Authors of Pain go face fully to try and win them back like SummerSlam mate you know there's very few matches that you can put your money on um, with any great confidence and, that, and that's a positive it is um, all, here's also what I'll give you as a positive um, let's pop through this card and go through them individually where's Bobby Roode from Canada Drew McIntyre Scotland <laughs> you don't have to say anything um, Asuka Japan Ember Moon. I believe she's American. She she's American, yeah. Um, what about uh, the authors of pain? Oh, well, one is one German and one Irish. Oh no, sorry. Uh, there's uh, the sanity. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, again, Canadian and Kosovan or something like that. Yeah, very good. Yeah, Kosovan Albanian. Yeah, and, and as you say, sanity, German and Irish. Alistair Black. Dutch and an Japanese Dutch. opponent. Yeah, um, Japanese opponent in Tommy. Dutch is the former Tommy End, if you're not sure, Alistair Black. And then Gargano. American. Uh, I believe so, unless he's a sneaky Canadian. But yes, he's, uh, he's American. And uh, Alma. Mexican. Uh, let me just double check, but I believe so. Uh, yes, Mexico. So there's a there's a card that is as international a card. So you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 different people on that card two Americans not a surprise and probably not a coincidence and, uh, and really and really cool and I'm, I'm just I just think it's really good that you're looking at various different parts of the, of the world getting a real chance to shine but almost none of them the act is not necessarily the Atami act is not necessarily that he's a Japanese wrestler actually Asuka's kind of is only because it's her style is kind of a Japanese style but it doesn't but she wouldn't have to be Japanese for it to work it's kind of worked into the fact but everyone else you just look at it and it's not necessarily that Killian Dane is really Irish or that Bobby Roode is really Canadian and it's like, these things don't necessarily get put in as pastiches or as um, you know as just uh, cliches they're just good wrestlers and I love the idea that if you're Tommy End um, you know if you're a Dutch professional wrestler that you can get work in Europe you can get work in England and Tommy End was at the um uh, the show in Blackpool wasn't he yeah, um, yeah. In the, the the UK show working as Tommy End at the time I think uh-huh. um, and now no he's Alistair Black and he's pushing on through I love the idea that you can be Alexander Wolfe or you can be Tommy End or you can be someone from you know a Kosovan Albanian and you can get work in WWE whereas it used to be you pretty closed off if you weren't if you weren't an American or a Canadian, you were down to being the token Mexican or Jap, or you were going to be a Brit and you might get to work some Brit stuff. But basically, you were done for. I love the idea that it is. It feels like an international territory now. It absolutely does, and it's going to become. It's a It's a smart move on their part because it's going to become more and more important as the as the company becomes more global. It's a very easy thing to do to bring these talent in. And if you look at the May Young Classic and you look at the Cruiserweight Classic, the feels from both of those were also hugely international. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of it as we go forward. Actually, just to slightly spoil a question um, that we've got in the quiz for Sunday night. Now, this is a, this is going to be a, a free point for anyone listening to this podcast. I think you deserve that. One of the questions I've got in there is, um, of the 10 NXT World Champions, 
how many of those 10 um, are American? Do you know the answer? Have a guess. No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to answer it because people can go away and have a look if they want to, but it's not many. It's not many. It's certainly le it's less than 50%. Um, hmm. and, I, and again, that's fine. And, and three of those, um, I'll, I'll give you the, the three. I'm thinking Rollins, Biggie, and Bo Dallas are the first three. Right, so okay. since those first three, yeah. the other seven since then, um, oh, screw it, I'll just go with it. One, one yeah. of those seven um, has been an American. Um now who was that off the top of my head? <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to go through in my head and work out who it is now. But uh, who did you say you said you said Rollins Dallas? Rollins and, Dallas and Biggie. And Biggie. Samoa Joe's the fourth. Oh yeah, and even then Samoa Joe. I mean he is he was born in America, but he's uh, he's not billed as American, nope. is he? The whole the whole gimmick is that he's from the I used to like it when in, in TNA used to, they used to say the Isle of Samoa. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Samoa's got tons of islands. <laughs> he's not from the Isle of Samoa. Uh, does that mean but yeah that illustrates that this isn't a new phenomenon doesn't it you know you've had champions from all over the globe representing NXT um, Canadians Japanese Irish um, it's, it's just gone on and on so I think it's gonna, we're going to see more and more of it in NXT subsequently more and more of it in WWE um, great for them business wise like you say great for these wrestlers who've now got this pathway to WWE you know even the British guys you don't have to go that far back to being absolutely astounded that Sheamus was managing to get over from Ireland to be in WWE and I remember the day he debuted on ECW it felt like such an enormous deal well you look at him now and he's a big dude who knows how to work why shouldn't he be in WWE he absolutely should um so yeah a huge positive and I'm looking forward to seeing the, the end game of that in a few years time definitely and um, it's also worth uh, worth suggesting that here's um, here's a whisper everyone there's probably going to be someone on the front row of the paper baby well. <laughs> probably going to be sat there and he could be the next uh, he could be the next NXT champion after Bobby Roode he's, he's American as well but uh, we'll let that one linger but it's um, it just feels that we don't. I don't think we talk about NXT enough in terms of its. Um, I know we did one whole show only a little while ago to dedicate to NXT, but in terms of its uh, its status, it's so so well placed now. As that's where people come through and they have to do their NXT time and and work their way through. And you can argue the, the merits of how long Nakamura spent there and all all different kind of things. But um, the the well does not appear to run dry. Every now and again, you bring a few people up and you go, oh, that's going to kill NXT. You know, think about just after WrestleMania when they were advertising the UK tour. And you're thinking, oh, this is going to kill NXT, losing Nakamura and losing um, the Revival and, and whatever. And now we can sit there and look at a, a five-match show and go, crikey, that's a good show. And that's not got, um, you know, just off the top of my head, that's not got Tommaso Ciampa on it because he's injured. Uh, it's not got, um, uh, who was I going to say there? Um, it's not got... Um, <laughs> why is his name Roderick Strong um, who was you know in a featured position before um, th th there's other people that you know have got a uh, a position we just talked about someone that may or may not um, be on the front row um, coming up on Sunday you know he's going to be in, in the mix as well all of these people um, you know are, are set in, into, into places where they can uh, they can fit in and however many of them end up making the main roster is almost a little bit um Irrelevant, but you've got you know some really really talented men and women um, in that in that group. So whoever you know, oh Cass um, Cassius Ono isn't on it, which I've just just thought about as well as another one. But um, 
and that's not even to mention our, our British lads. You know, last time we had the whole, um, you know, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate match and then discussion. Um, so, you know, I love the idea that we can keep on churning this through. And there's often some talk about you know, how how strong and how deep is the uh, is the roster. Well, we've just gone through a SummerSlam card, which is devoid of a few big stars. Sami Zayn's not on the show. The Hardys aren't on the show. A few others that aren't around, injured or, or whatever. Um, and then you've got an NXT. Um, there are 17 matches between Saturday and Sunday, and I don't look at a single one and think, Meh. how cool is that? It's going to be a hell of a weekend, mate. I can't wait. It really is, and you can be part of it with us. Please come along to uh, one of our events on Sunday night, wherever you are in the country. Um, Paul is going to give you a quick rundown in just a second, once again, of the 11 venues and where you can go to get tickets. But don't forget, Hooked on Wrestling events. We've been running these for um, five, six years now. Uh, we've run bundles all over the country, um, and we've had terrific feedback from all of you guys. We have the quiz, we have the fancy dress, we have the show itself, we have drinks offers, we have goodie bags, we've talked about all those things all over through the podcast. So much going on. We are we need to justify your business. We want you to come along because you could sit, you've probably got the network, let's face it. If you're a big enough wrestling fan you're gonna be watching SummerSlam. I would say that uh, of the, you know, thousand or so people that will come to one of our events on, on Sunday at least 950 will have the network, right? So I would say that um, it's we want to attract your business and we want you to come and you know have our little extras make your night better. So we work very hard to make sure that those are good and they are entertaining, but ultimately it is the atmosphere that creates it. So if you're a bit on the fence about coming, you've not been to one before, I can absolutely assure you uh, that the, uh, the atmosphere, it will keep you coming back again and again and again. Once SummerSlam's done, we'll be all we'll be all on the road to WrestleMania for the Raw Rumble and for WrestleMania next year, and it's uh, it all continues again. But Paul's now going to give you the uh, the venues and how to get. The I tickets. am. I'm going to go into a slightly little bit more detail than I did uh, on the opening to the show. So your venues are as follows: um, we're at the Grand Clapham Junction in London. Um, we've got Shooter Sports Bars in Manchester, Leeds, Cardiff, Liverpool, Birmingham, at Nottingham. We're at a bar called Felsons in Felsons Sports Lounge in Bournemouth, and then we're going to be at Walkabout Bars in Derby, Sheffield, and Reading. Um, so just to give you a, a bit of insight, what's going on in all of those? We're going to have the costume contest and the quiz at all the shows. We're going to be having um, wrestling themes played throughout the night. We might play a bit of the pre-show. Don't want to promise anything because of some decent matches on there. We're going to do our very best to get everything through in time so we can play. Um, at least one of the matches on the pre-show with sound that's why we're starting a bit early this time but as always we are not promising that so don't be disappointed if um, we don't show it um, we've got a WWE 2K17 tournament in some of our venues that's going to be in London Manchester Leeds Cardiff Liverpool Birmingham Sheffield and Reading uh, sorry, no, no, my mistake, not Reading. Um, that's going to be there. Um, that'll be a open, an open tournament for you to qualify. Anytime from 7.30 onwards, you'll have a couple of hours of open qualifying. The 16 best qualifiers go on to play a single elimination tournament where you can win beers and entries and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be those events I just listed. Um, and then tickets, uh, importantly, you can get yours from... Uh, 
www.billetto.co.uk or hookedonevents.co.uk or if you want a free shot other than those guys in Bournemouth and Cardiff you can go to ringsideworld.co.uk if you want to book a table um, you need to ring all the venues direct I'm sure you can google those numbers um, no tables available in London now seating for everyone but all the tables have been reserved but every other venue has got tables available um, call those venues to book Excellent. I think that pretty much covers it. So make sure you, uh, if these are your last minute plans, you'll probably listen to this in the last couple of days before well, you almost certainly are because we're recording it on the Thursday night. So you'll listen to this in the last couple of days. Um, if you have any questions uh, about how things work and how you can come along, all that kind of stuff, please ask us. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Paul will tell you the uh, the um, places to contact us on social media right yeah, now. Yeah, check out facebook.com forward slash HO Wrestling. Every, every bit of information you need on the individual parties and the, the event as a whole are on there. You can also enter our new uh, prediction contest on our Facebook page. Rob, you're going to have to get involved in that, mate, um, for, for SummerSlam. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter, um, which is HO underscore wrestling. Good stuff. And... Uh, I believe Paul won't mind if you email him at paul at hookedonevents.co.uk as well if you have any uh, any questions. Um, and we, uh, we will keep an eye on uh, all of those avenues and make sure that you're kept fully involved and fully informed if you have any questions. So uh, we don't want any of you to, uh, to get to Monday and Tuesday and hear all the great stories about what's going on at all the other venues and to feel left out. Um, we will be back on the podcast next week. Um, we'll definitely have a podcast for you again next week, um, even if it's just me and Paul talking about uh, SummerSlam, but we will try and uh, get a, a guest for you. We have not forgotten um, that we are due a best of times, worst of times, uh, talking about Rob Van Dam, which was set to us by uh, SoCalVal. So we've not forgotten that. We've not forgotten that we're going to talk to you about some of the highlights of the Bruce Pritchard tour either, um, but we felt that that could wait another week or two um, before we tell you some great stories that we had on the road with Bruce um, but while SummerSlam was there at the forefront of our minds we thought we'd deal with that so there was so much to talk about post-SummerSlam we'll talk about um, our highlights of that and the NXT show plus Bruce, plus RVD uh, and all sorts of good stuff so the uh, the Hooked On podcast is here to stay um, so we apologise for the, uh, the, uh, the month or so little uh, lapse that we just had but we'll call it our summer break and as far as we're concerned, we're, uh, we're with you every week now, all the way through for the rest of the year. And uh, by the time the next week comes around, we'll be convalescing a bit from SummerSlam. But the week after that, we'll already be thinking about the Royal Rumble. That's how excited we get about our events. So, Paul, any, any final words ahead of uh, SummerSlam this weekend? Uh, nothing that we've not already covered, guys. Um, please, you know, looking forward to seeing you all. Um, anybody who's coming to London, particularly where me and Rob are, please, please, please come and say hi. Um anybody going to any of the party venues we want to see your photos take plenty put them on our social media um, we'll retweet them we'll post them on Facebook as well um, have a wonderful time shout scream get involved oh one other thing to mention again at London we are doing um, a, a best sign competition so if you want to bring your signs over there feel free um, I've got mine in mind and um, we're going to give some tickets away for that as well so yeah I didn't know we would. You've not told oh, me that. Loads I haven't told you, mate. Oh wow, signs! Right, uh, are we going to have the? Do we have to bring our own material, or will we have you stuff there that we? If can you want to make a sign, you will need to bring your own. We're looking for creativity, 
we're looking for fun stuff. We don't want any of the of the of the gutter stuff. Like if we see any page signs, for instance, you're not going to get a spotlight. You're more likely to get it asked to be removed, for instance. Um, but be creative, be funny, and we'll spotlight and reward the best ones. I have just found something else I can do for the next three days before we get to. Uh, I think there should be a competition where it has to be better than mine, because I think I think I might. Am I allowed to win uh, this? Absolutely not. Oh, I think I think I will be the. I think I'm after find I the co-conspirator. Really, really I, I, can, I will need to. I will need to find a confederate in the uh, in the audience <laughs> that we can share the prize or something, because mine will be the best. Anyway, okay, so um, make sure you head along to uh, at least one of our venues, guys. We look forward to uh, hearing all of your tales after the weekend. I, for one, am really, really looking forward to SummerSlam. Um, more than I was a couple of hours ago before we had this conversation, Paul. So uh, um, we've done the job um, getting me more excited, if, uh, if not anyone else. But uh, from me and from uh, showbiz Paul Benson, the head of SummerSlam this weekend, a reminder that this is the Hooked On podcast. It's wrestling. Enjoy it. We'll see you very soon. 